The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Let's go to the legislature now and Premier Jason Kenney. A medical officer for Alberta. Uh, our government has been focused not only on keeping Albertans safe in terms of their health, but dealing with the, uh, say the economic challenges that are posed, which are enormous and unprecedented. Uh, many Albertans over the course of the past two weeks Tens of thousands of Albertans have been receiving layoff notices. Businesses have been closing their doors. And people wonder uh, whether those businesses will be reopening and whether those jobs will be coming back. We want those Albertans to understand that their provincial government will do everything within its power uh, to ensure uh, a future as we get through this very challenging time created not only by the shutdown of the global economy uh, coming from the pandemic, but also also uh, as a result of the unprecedented collapse in global energy prices. In particular, uh, Alberta employers are uh, facing a more challenging time than they have perhaps as since the 1930s. And that is why our government has already taken a series of measures uh, to uh, both support households and employers through these challenging times. Uh, the last thing Albertans need to worry about right now is their finances, but their employment is being interrupted, and we know people are very anxious about their bank accounts, about their personal budgets, about their future. That's why we're continuing to build on our plan to support people through these unprecedented times. And so I have a, a series of additional measures uh, that we are announcing today uh, to help people uh, stay afloat during uh, this uh, unprecedented economic downturn. Effective immediately, we are reversing the increase to the education property tax that was announced in budget 2020. Things have changed drastically and Albertans shouldn't have to worry about a higher property tax level. Therefore, we are maintaining 2019 property tax requisition amounts to lower the burden. This will save about $55 million for households and $32 million for businesses, totaling more than $87 million a year. Additionally, to help keep people working and assist Alberta employers, government will defer its portion of six months worth of the education property tax on non-residential premiums, uh, excuse me, non-residential properties. These deferred amounts will be delayed until October of 2020. This means employers will only be responsible for 50% of the education property tax that they would have owed for this year. The deferred amounts will need to be repaid in subsequent years and payment plans are being developed. We'll keep our options open if some form of additional targeted relief is necessary. And Minister Tays and I were on a call with um, the mayors of Calgary and Edmonton as well as the president of the Alberta Urban Municipalities Association today. Um, and uh, we understand that they'll be looking for ways that they can uh, help as well with, uh, with property tax assistance, but that will be up to them within their financial conditions. This deferred means that over the next six months, $458 million will remain with employers to help them pay employees and continue operating. We strongly encourage commercial landlords to pass these savings on to business tenants through reduced or deferred lease payments. We also, uh, as I say, uh, these savings are expected to be fully realized by Albertans and by Alberta employers. 
This is very important because as so many businesses are uh, shut their doors uh, this month uh, in response to the public health crisis, we need the, those uh, employers to know that there that there will be uh, they, we're not going to drain their bank accounts from uh, payments. They will have more cash uh, on hand to get through this challenging time, so they can reopen their doors when the public health crisis has abated. We will also be deferring workers' compensation board premiums to allow private sector employers until the end of this year, affecting approximately 184,000 businesses. A deferral provides flexibility and support while employers maintain their WCB coverage and injured workers continue to receive the benefits and supports they need to work. This will not affect benefits for injured workers. It simply is a deferral on, on the premiums for the employers. And as a further step, small and medium-sized private sector employers will only have to pay for half of their 2020 workers' compensation board premiums. Government will take care of the other half. So for small and medium-sized businesses, we're cutting in half uh, their WCB premiums this year. And for anything, uh, for, the, uh, for the next several months, they, they won't have to make payments in any event. This means up to 183 small and medium-sized employers will have immediate financial relief as we deal with the pandemic. Employers who have already paid some of their 2020 WCB premiums will be refunded upon request or have the amount pay, uh, paid credited to their account. We're doing everything we can to support families and employers through this crisis and are continually reassessing the situation. This is in addition to the $1,146 biweekly emergency isolation payments, which will become available on um, My Alberta uh, this week. People will be able to apply through alberta.ca. That is a bridge payment for folks who have to be in isolation until a similar federal program kicks in in early April. It's also in addition to our deferral of uh, business taxes this this year uh, to our direction to the Alberta uh, Treasury branches and to credit unions to provide uh, for mortgage payment relief as well as uh, flexibility on commercial loan and personal loans. It's in addition to our def um, uh, elimination of AER fees for the balance of the year for energy producers and our direction to oil, sorry, uh, gas and electricity utilities companies uh, not to engage in collections for the next three months, giving people relief on the utilities payments. It's also in addition to our um, deferral on Alberta student loan payments, as well as uh, uh, the government will be covering the interest costs in the interim, uh, and in addition to the half million dollar emergency um, uh, supplement to the health budget, the $60 million civil society fund that is helping homeless shelters and charities uh, serve the most vulnerable at this time. I have a couple of other messages before taking your questions. Uh, first of all, uh, we have tens of thousands of snowbirds returning home from Point South uh, now at the end of March. We need to send a message to all of them that they must self-isolate at their homes immediately upon return to Alberta. This does not mean going uh, to the grocery store. It does not mean going to the kennel to pick up your dog. It does not mean dropping your RV off at a service company to be serviced. Uh, it does not mean going and visiting the grandkids. It means one thing and one thing only, 
When you come into the country, whether you're driving north through Coots or you're landing in one of our airports, you must go directly and immediately to your home without stopping. Uh, and if you need supplies at home, if you need groceries or, or other critical supplies, you've got to call uh, family, friends, or neighbors to help you out with that or delivery services. We will not tolerate people coming in from overseas and then mixing with the general population, they would be threatening public health in Alberta. I cannot emphasize this strongly enough. We have heard many, too many stories about people who think that this is uh, the self-isolation rule for 14 days upon arrival is some kind of a vague general hint or suggestion. It is not. It is an absolute public health imperative and we are prepared to, uh, if necessary, use stronger legal tools to impose that obligation on people uh, and stronger penalties if they violate that direction of our um, public health officer. And finally, we've been made aware of a number of scams and uh, fraudulent operations targeting the vulnerable at this uh, time of crisis. A number of people have called the AHS Health Link to report that they had received a call from someone claiming to be from Alberta Health Services who told them they had tested positive for COVID-19. The caller then requested the person's personal health care number, ID and credit card information. In addition, cybersecurity incidents involving malware and fraudulent activities, including identity theft, are being reported across Alberta in the wake of COVID-19. Cybercriminals are sending emails and setting up fake websites designed to trick people into clicking uh, links that install malicious software on their computers or capture credentials and other personal information. In light of these scams, Albertans should exercise caution when clicking on links or providing inf personal information to people or organizations that request that information about COVID if it's done so unsolicited. Um, such emails could be claiming to offer links to new information or to buy surgical masks or sanitizers. Beware of suspicious emails and web links and always think twice before you click. If you want to go to where you get the authentic, verified, official government information on the COVID response, go to alberta.ca slash COVID-19. Uh, I have to say, um, and then finally, uh, once again, a message, there is no need for people to engage in hoarding. Uh, they, um, this morning I did a volunteer stint uh, at the Hope Mission uh, here in Edmonton, the homeless shelter and soup kitchen, and uh, they told me that, they have that they've seen the number of people coming in to uh, receive free meals has gone up by nearly 80% in the past two weeks and yet they are struggling to get supplies because their suppliers are being uh, stressed by the demand in the grocery stores and in the grocery system. This is outrageous. So folks, the, are the, the poorest amongst us are being hurt by people who are unnecessary necessarily hoarding. So let me just say to those who are trying to exploit seniors and others during this time of a public health emergency, there must be a special place in hell for people like that. Just stop it. And uh, it is completely
completely un-Canadian. It is un-Albertan. It is unacceptable. It is illegal. And uh, if we catch anybody who's engaged in these kinds of frauds or scams, I guarantee you uh, the book will be thrown at them and they will face the full force of the law. If people are aware of any of these frauds or scams, uh, please report them to the government of Alberta uh, by going to alberta.ca. Happy to take your questions. Can I ask you two questions? One is, you're on a call to, tonight with the Prime Minister? Yes, with, and, and the other Premiers, yeah. yeah. What are your messages? What are your asks? Our message will be that uh, the Alberta Public Health authorities have uh, done brilliant work. We're leading the country in testing and uh, tracking uh, and, uh, and containment. Uh, where we need federal support is in... Uh, procuring supplementary equipment uh, because we don't know how long we're going to be in on this. We want to have as much uh, personal protection equipment as possible, not only for our health care workers, but for everybody from uh, uh, police to uh, and, and paramedics to uh, workers at homeless shelters. That's one thing. So we are already working with the government of Ontario on, on that, uh, those, those uh, um, uh, ex extraordinary efforts at domestic procurement of equipment, but uh, our message will also be that we need the federal government to step up to the plate in an unprecedented way uh, to help uh, keep uh, this economy uh, from a complete collapse. We have seen governments around the world, uh, the United States is now on the brink of a $2 trillion econ economic rescue package. The British government, 330 billion pounds, which would be the equivalent of about five, uh, half a trillion Canadian dollars. Um, and so we are going to need uh, a federal action in that scale. We are doing our part based on our means as a provincial government, and we will do more. Uh, we, we are going to keep some of our powder dry until after the public health crisis and the economy begins to grow again to surge demand through um, stimulative spending. But in particular, Alberta needs uh, bold federal action to help ensure a future for Canada's largest industry, which is our energy industry. Uh, we also uh, hope that they will act uh, uh, strongly to save the Canadian aviation sector, um, uh, nearly 40% of which is based out of WestJet here headquartered in, in Alberta. So those would be some of our higher profile um, uh, requests. I can say Minister uh, Taze has been in very frequently frequent contact with his federal counterpart, Bill Morneau, on those and other issues. You, you talked about the concerns over people not self-isolating, and you may uh, ramp up punitive measures or enforcement measures. Can you elaborate a bit? What are you looking at? What would the tipping point be to bring those in? Well, uh, we'll be discussing that later today at our Emergency Management Committee of Cabinet. Uh, we do have the power to issue quarantine orders. Uh, I have directed that we further increase the Alberta uh, health uh, presence at uh, ports of entry, including the, you know, we've already done that since last week at the Calgary and Edmonton airports and at the Coots border crossing. I've asked that we look at uh, taking a, a, an extra, a one step further and, and look at p potentially issuing people with quarantine orders. So there is no uh, ambiguity whatsoever of their obligation to go to go directly home and self-isolate uh, for 14 days. Uh, they're also, there, there currently um, is a $100 uh, fine for ignoring those the current orders. We could significantly increase those penalties. I note that some other provinces have done that. Lisa? 
Mr. Bringer, you've talked about the government looking into what it can do to protect people from evictions. We're now eight days away from April 1st. Is there any movement on that? Will the government ban evictions? Well, first of all, uh, there is a significant backlog on ev evictions, and uh, we are considering a potential short-term uh, stay on enforcement of evictions. But please note that most of the eviction orders that would currently be in the system uh, predate the COVID crisis. Many of them would be renters who have not paid uh, their rent for several months or who have been engaged in criminal activity uh, or vandalism or operating grow ops. We need to be, you know, landlords need to be able to continue to protect the value of their property from, um, from bad tenants. At the same time, we call upon uh, landlords to do the right thing and wherever possible extend uh, rent relief uh, during this difficult time uh, to their tenants. It, it, it makes no economic sense for them to evict tenants for missing uh, April rent uh, given the um, effective shutdown of our economy because who else is going to fill those units? Uh, we also would ask uh, any landlords who benefit from uh, mortgage payment deferrals from the banks um, or other forms of relief like this uh, this provincial property tax deferral, we would ask them to pass those savings on to their tenants. Uh, we have a, a working group within the government. Uh, my principal secretary is on the phone right now uh, with uh, officials from uh, Alberta Seniors and Housing, uh, with municipalities, uh, and with the rental sector uh, to see if there are additional measures that we can take. We're also consulting with other provincial governments that are facing the same challenge. I would just point out that um, uh, the notion of uh, of barring uh, uh, t landlords from collecting rent over the next two or three months could lead to a total collapse of the stock of housing that's available to people. So we have to be very careful about how we deal with this, and that's why we're we're developing uh, additional policies, uh, and our uh, cabinet will be meeting on those uh, policy ideas later this week. Fletcher? Uh, Premier, on the tax uh, relief being offered today, uh, hearing from a number of businesses and they're just beside themselves with payers, zero revenue coming right. in right now. How, based on some of the models that you might have right now, how much difference will this make, do you think, for some of those uh, people who are just saying, you know, a little bit of a break here, a little bit of a break there probably doesn't make a difference. I've got no sure. revenue. So, exactly. So, look, first of all, we're doing everything we can within our control to stop taking money out of their bank accounts, just to, to, to keep them as liquid in terms of their cash as possible. So we've announced, obviously, the deferrals on on, 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 on Alberta business taxes, now on property taxes, on on various kinds of fees and payments. And Minister Taze is looking at the entire range of provincial fees that are charged to see what we could suspend, defer, forgive. So we're doing everything we can to... to, to uh, at least relieve that financial pressure from them. But, but clearly, bigger steps may be necessary that are beyond the fiscal power of the government of Alberta. I, um, I see that in, in Denmark, you know, that they, they've, the government has stepped in to offer um, payments of 80% of salary up to a certain cap uh, for anybody who's had to leave work uh, at this time uh, 
to keep a connection with the employer to help accelerate the restart when we're when we get through this. Um, and and I think the U.S. Congress is looking at similar measures. So we're going to ask the federal government, especially for those small, you know what, the larger businesses that have big balance sheets and large lines of credit are pro generally better equipped to get through uh, uh, this crash in their revenues. But I'm really concerned about the SMEs. I, I, I was chatting with a friend of mine who runs a, uh, a small restaurant on White Avenue uh, in Strathcona uh, yesterday. He said that, first of all, he hasn't got, gotten a, a dime out of his own business for over three months. Uh, basically, the only income he gets is tips from waiting tables, and he owns the restaurant. And he's had to lay off three-quarters of his staff, and that was before this moment, where he's now, now having to shut down completely. And he doesn't know whether he'll be able to reopen. So um, we will we'll we'll continue to work with the federal government on, on additional ideas about how we can, can, can ensure that those businesses survive this difficult period. Do you want to compliment that, Travis? Well, sure, Premier. I, and, and with respect to the Workers' Compensation Board uh, premium deferral, um, I, again, the, the deferral in total is $1.1 billion, so it's a significant deferral that will drive liquidity and or cash availability to businesses in the province. Uh, but for small and medium-sized businesses, I, again, as the Premier noted, we're going to be covering half of, of their annual premium. So, uh, so that's approximately $350 million. And many of these businesses, small businesses, have already paid their premium or their premium is coming due right now. So for those that have paid it, they will be getting, uh, they, they can apply for a rebate, which will be cash back in their pockets. For those that have the bill sitting on their counter right now, they're relieved of paying it. So we're, as the Premier noted, we're looking at everything we can do within our ability to provide uh, cash relief and, and ultimate uh, expense relief to those especially small and medium-sized businesses. Janet? Uh, this is for the Premier. So we've seen other provinces or other provincial legislatures and the House of Commons... Tra Travis, give me a little more social distancing there, my friend. Sure. Sure. So it's supposed to, be, supposed to be two meters, I think, that is the is rule. That's exactly so. my question, which is about there, there are social distance measures that are being taken place in other legislatures that are sitting on an emergency basis. Is it still safe for the Alberta legislature to sit? And what specific measures are you taking to keep people apart from each other? We've seen some MLAs express, MLAs express concern. Yes, we believe it's safe, and uh, it's a, first of all, um, we think I think it's essential that the basic institutions of our society continue to function, and um, so I consulted with uh, the leader of the opposition twice in the past ten days on this point, uh, and uh, last uh, Thursday uh, afternoon we we came to an understanding uh, that we should keep the legislature uh, in session. Uh, and available to meet uh, uh, as necessary uh, when important business arrives, arises. Um, the government may be coming forward with additional uh, legislative amendments uh, to uh, facilitate our, our emergency response, both on the public health and the economic side. And so we need the legislature to be able to do that. And I do think the legislature should be able to, to uh, meet, at least on a limited basis at, at this difficult time, uh, to review uh, uh, our entire government response to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, we did discuss a protocol where we would keep less than 50 people, 50 members in the legislature at any given time so we can space, space out there. Um, so to be clear, the public health direction is uh, no 
organized events of more than 50 people. There was an exception made, obviously, for essential services, including the legislature. So we're developing, the two House leaders, the government and official opposition House leader, are developing a, uh, an agreement so that both caucuses would keep um, their the numbers down to less than 50 and space each other out in the legislature. So we're not concerned about the public health aspect of that. And, and, and basically the agreement is to, is to operate on a limited as needs basis uh, in the next uh, several weeks until this is over. Uh, just a follow-up question that's totally unrelated from my colleague um, about the Babylon app. So uh, apparently there was some notice given to the Privacy Commissioner that this was going forward, but uh, they're not going to be able to get around to reviewing the privacy concern around this app for something like a year. So what sort of steps did your government take to make sure that this app was in compliance with privacy law before uh, you deployed it? Well, I'd have to refer that uh, very specific question to the Minister of Health, but I will say that the uh, Babylon platform has been used in some of the most advanced public health care systems in the world for several years now, uh, beginning with the National Health Service in the United Kingdom. And its first widespread application uh, was next door in British Columbia, uh, where it was uh, authorized by the current New Democrat government of British Columbia. Um, and so our, our understanding is that it is operated in, in full compliance with privacy laws in those in those jurisdictions and generally European privacy laws are uh, even more rigorous than ours in Canada uh, so I, I I don't you know I think we we have some confidence in this platform and let me just say there are a lot of misunderstandings floating online about uh, about the application um, this is look uh, this is simply a 21st century version of calling up the doctor um, this is a these are secure it's not the only application of its nature there are several uh, online applications for delivering health information uh, with whom we are in discussions. Uh, the point is that um, uh, telehealth is going to be part of the future of del delivering health services. And I think it's more important now than ever during a, a pandemic when we want to minimize the number of patients who actually go into doctor's offices and emergency wards. Um, that's why I uh, we, we wanted to accelerate the agreement uh, with, uh, with TELUS to offer Babylon Health. And let me be further clear that it is... Uh, completely voluntary. Uh, you need patients who are who want that convenience. It's basically an online version of a trip to a walk-in clinic, and it is um, up to the ph physicians who want to sign a contract to participate in it. Um, the only role for the government is to compensate the physicians based on the billing codes that exist. So, um, as I say, there's been uh, I understand a very positive experience with the uh, with this particular application in jurisdictions like the United Kingdom and British Columbia. Uh, and I anticipate that there will be other secure online uh, health applications introduced into Alberta over the years to come. Uh, let's go to the phone operator. Can you put through the first caller, please? Thank you. Yes, the first question is from Don Braid. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Premier, um, we'll be talking, I expect, uh, with the Prime Minister this afternoon about the imposition of the Emergency Act, the Federal Emergency Act, which would change this whole game and presumably level out penalties and some protocols for handling self-isolation and so forth across the country. Um, and my question is, do you in principle agree with the imposition of the Emergency Act 
uh, I presume after some discussion of what uh, kinds of areas you'd expect not to be touched because you're doing them well or think you're doing them well. And I guess this would probably uh, include closing borders with both land and air. Um, could you respond? Sure, Don. Uh, we have not asked the federal government to declare that act. I don't see a pressing need for them to do so. I can certainly say here in Alberta, we have acted early and uh, strongly uh, to protect public health. I'm not sure uh, what uh, additional powers the federal government could do to assist us further in that regard. Um, they have already uh, passed an order in council uh, closing the borders of Canada to foreign nationals with the exception of essential visitors from the United States. I think that was a responsible move that quite frankly should have happened a long time ago. Um, and uh, I think the pressure for them to do so is coming uh, in, in large part from the Northern Territories because their governments just frankly do not have the, the size or capacity to cope with uh, a public health crisis of this nature. And the territories have a unique relationship with the federal government. They're not, uh, um, they're not completely sovereign governments like the provincial governments of Canada. So we would, um, you know, I'll listen to the conversation, uh, but we don't see a pressing need for that here in Alberta. Uh, we would certainly ask ask the federal government if they intend to do that, not to subordinate emergency management efforts by Alberta and other provincial governments. We don't need that, that level of confusion. And quite frankly, uh, I think our officials here on the ground know best how to respond to the public health imperative than bureaucrats in Ottawa do. Uh, obviously, we want a very high level of coordination across the country between provinces, the federal government, and territories. And we have that cooperation. Every day there is a conference call amongst uh, the provincial public health officers I believe chaired by the President of the Public Health uh, Agency of Canada. And um, I, we, we as premiers through the Council of the Federation have already met by telephone several times in the past two weeks. I think our provincial health ministers and uh, finance ministers have also been in discussion. So there is a great deal of cooperation across the country, but I, I certainly would not want to lose the ability for us to address uh, the challenges, challenges here on a local level. Each province is a little bit uh, unique or distinct in the nature of the challenge they are facing. Uh, you know, we are landlocked. British Columbia is right next to a hot spot north of uh, Seattle. Um, some East Coast provinces have very low levels of infection. So I think, you know, we support, we, we, we support coordination on a national scale, but at this point we do not see a compelling need for the federal government to come in here and take over emergency management. You have been listening to Premier Jason Kenney give an update on uh, COVID-19 and a financial support for Albertans and employers. Um, he announced a relief in property tax and education tax, also said the province is going to defer WCB payments to help employers. He also said that it's critical, critical for Albertans returning home from winter vacations, all these snowbirds who are coming back to take self-isolation seriously to limit the spread of COVID-19, and also then warned you uh, about scams. Uh, there's been an increase in online and phone scams, and just a reminder not to give out any personal information, and then he got quite heated, saying, you know, again, reminding people there's no need for hoarding and uh, Premier saying that there's a special place in hell for those who are scamming seniors, the vulnerable, um, and uh, yeah, he was quite upset uh, about that. So uh, that's the Premier. We'll